got the NBA edition of the Sportscasmic Pod here at the moment. Um, Vince on the line again, as he was with the uh, the uh, football slash soccer one, depending on where you're from in the world, that we just recorded. That'll be released similar time to this one. Um, so, the NBA. Where do you start? Obviously, you know, something like the uh, Timberwolves or or the Buck. No, no, it's the Lakers. <laughs> it's the Lakers. If you want to have the hot Charlotte Bobcats talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Campbell Walker, he's the most controversial player in the league, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, as it has been for the, since the, uh, 2003 when he was came into the league, or maybe even when he was born, who knows? Uh, LeBron, wherever he is, is often the hot topic. And who would have known that LeBron going to the Lakers would end up in being a shit show? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah. I guess it was kind of, well, this year. I guess it maybe would have been able to be, be seen, but you know, everywhere he goes, he whether he's a new new guy in the league, I took a couple of years for them to get their footing when he first came in, but Cleveland that is. But you know, everywhere else he's gone, the first year he's there, they go from mediocre if not terrible to, you know, finals. Yeah. Uh basically. And and so yeah, this year I think has has definitely been a bit of a shock. Uh I know you and I are both, you know, uh a little bit of LeBron James homers, or at least for fans of fans of him and, and root for him. I think mm-hmm. um, I know I've always always rooted for him. It's it's one of those things. It's funny. It's similar to kind of how I first really started to fall in love with Tom Brady was just hearing the misguided hate at all times. Yeah, really can dri- really can drive you to like someone a lot, and that's really what it came down to with LeBron. Just the the mis the misguided hate from from early on in his career was just baffling to me and. He doesn't need anyone defending him, but you know, I took that as one of my sports duties. Is I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna get on this guy's bandwagon and, and enjoy the ride. Um, but yeah, this this year's been disappointing, and um, you know, I think there's a lot of contributing factors. But I will say, as someone who is and always has kind of had his back and, and tried to defend him, um, he's been hard to defend this year. I, I got to say, I think, especially these past few weeks, um, like just the, the leadership quality, you never know what's happening behind closed doors, but um, the the leadership, like kind of things didn't break their way with, with trades and, you know, he, he got banged up with, for the first time in his career, which uh, I'm sure mentally has been a pretty big um, awakening, I guess you could say, or kind of a reality. You know, he's gone through his whole career playing – an absurd amount of games because um, he goes to the finals every damn year. Yeah. Um, so he's basically played, you know, he's what played for 16 seasons or whatever, but I think in reality, he's probably played like 19 or 20 seasons of games. Uh, yeah, no, and those, this was his finals runs have added an extra season of games in the last few years that, and, yeah. and intense pressure games as well that no one else is, no one else in the league has played, even the Warriors in the current dynasty, they still weren't that until LeBron got to Cleveland and he'd already done four years of it at, at Miami, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and he experienced one as a as a kiddo, which is still, I think, forgotten uh, to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, things haven't gone his way, and I think that injury probably was a real. That was the first time in his whole career that he's missed a good amount of time. Um, the cynical part of me wondered if how if he stayed out longer than he needed to just for, for trade leverage type things and all that. But uh, either way, it didn't work out for him. And, you know, the the attitude from the team to the whole team, but him, 
since that all kind of went down has has definitely been a, a bit off-putting. Um, you know, I, I can I can still defend the guy, and I have no problem defending the guy. But you know, even like I said, as someone who's been on his, in his corner all along, um, yeah, this season I don't I don't think it's been a great look. Um, I think he can turn things around there, and and probably will, but. Um, you know, it's going to take, he's going to have to land someone this off season, um, and get a stand in coach so that he can be the coach, uh, in reality. Like I'm sure Tyron Lue might be, might be your next Lakers head coach, just because I think he's that guy that can kind of come in, kind of be an organizer, be a, you know, a second opinion, but really will, will just kind of step aside and let, let LeBron kind of run, run things. So, yeah. um, it's been a weird year. That's for, for damn sure. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're all, I guess, it's not, it, in hindsight, it's not surprising how it's gone since, uh, I mean, obviously before the injury, they're actually in an okay spot. I can't remember if it was the four, five, yeah. or six spot in the West. In, I think they're fourth. Yeah, and the West is pretty deep, obviously, um, considering where they are now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not it, it's not that it wasn't it, it wasn't going okay to start with. Uh, it's just yeah, obviously the injury derailed them a little bit, and then he came back, and it got hard to get it back on point. And then right at that time, the AD talk started. So, which doesn't need to be you know that's <laughs> it's been talked about at length. So, but yeah, um, yeah, it's uh it's not you know, in hindsight. You look at the way the Lakers have been run since uh, since their last real title run, where they you know they won one or won a couple late again with Kobe and and Powell and. And had that real little, you know, tiny, tiny little dynasty where you could see them winning a couple and and could have won, you know, could have won more. But yeah, since they've been since that time, you know, they gave Kobe that massive contract that really was just the Kobe victory, the Kobe victory tour for two years, where he was, you know, uh, not really Kobe, but you know, he had that last sixty point game, which is uh, which was, you know, even as someone who was never a big Kobe fan, I'm just couldn't continue right eye away from it i occasionally look up the highlights still just because it's amazing to watch as a sports fan but um mm-hmm. since uh, in that time and since then they've been a terribly run organization on on par with the knicks which is is never is never uh you know obviously they don't have you know but even genie bus at the uh that sloan conference talking about fake news and stuff i'm like are you tra- are you trying to trying to uh you know match james dolan for the biggest idiot owner <laughs> like yeah, in the league like that guy yeah, I mean James Dolan had his own moment this week where he kicked a fan out for telling him for yelling at him to sell the team, which just shows how much of a dickhead James Dolan is. Because you know you should sell the team, and every fan's yelling that at you. So why did you pick out one just to kick out when you're in, on TMZ? But anyway, that's a that's a side note. But yeah, they're uh, they're a little bit dysfunctional. You know, ma- you know, although you got Magic and Rob Palenka and all those guys, not really. I don't I don't think there's any real cohesion. They just they keep thinking that they can keep the sh- they can use the showtime lakers mystique to bring guys in and they haven't re- worked out yet apart from lebron and lebron has his own interest in uh, la obviously he's, uh-huh. he's half on he's probably half thinking uh reading his lines for space jam 2 already at this point um that's where the minutes restriction has come in because you've really got to work out how you're uh how you're going to talk to a cartoon bunny so um you know, there's this, and and everyone knew that LeBron's reasons for going to LA weren't purely basketball. I think LeBron is still one of the most, probably one of the most competitive guys in any sport all over the world ever. That's just his his mindset. But he also knows that he's got a business uh, business interest um, 
now and outside of basketball once he finishes. So, you know, LeBron coming to LA was always known that it wasn't just wasn't just strictly basketball. So the Lakers should have had they should have known that there was always going to be LeBron having his interests outside of basketball and to have plans in place to bring other guys in and they just seemed to think they uh-huh. could just land LeBron and that other guys would come, you know. And I think the writing was – there was a little bit of writing on the wall like a couple of years ago when LaMarcus Aldridge was in free agency. There was that story that came out about he was genuinely interested in the Lakers and he went down for the interview and said that they just talked – they didn't talk about any basketball. They just talked about L.A. And yep. LaMarcus apparently went, this was the worst interview I've ever – like worst you know meeting I've ever had. I'm going to go somewhere that's not L.A. because that was just terrible. So, you know, there was there was all these stories that have come out over the last few years about – how poorly back. <laughs> yeah, not defending Lamarcus Aldridge or anything, but I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, you know, all these stories have come out over the last few years about the questionable decisions the Lakers are making and how they how they're uh, projecting their franchise to to the free agents. And LeBron coming was opportunistic for LeBron. If LeBron didn't have the business interest in LA, he wouldn't have gone there. I don't think that's the only reason no. he went there. Was you know. If the Clippers were in the same position as LA, and I, I don't know, he, he probably should have gone to the Clippers, to be honest. But, um, you know, the Lakers just, I think he went there because he hopes that one title at LA will just cement the legacy. But um, beyond that, it's just the Lakers aren't a well-run franchise. And though, as you said, LeBron's done a few things this year that haven't exactly endeared him to people. And as usual, LeBron, everything he does is micro-analyzed, so it is what it is. But, yeah. you know, there's so much more to it. That's not just LeBron. I think LeBron's finally got the situation. Him just being there can't quite keep up with. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think you nailed it on the head where that has been the Lakers' shtick or, or their selling point the last handful or decade, I guess, um, is that they just, they just assume people are going to come play for them because they are the Lakers, which mm-hmm. has worked for decades and decades, but in today's world where, you know, the Golden State Warriors can be a powerhouse and the Milwaukee Bucks can be super good. Um, Hopefully the Just Blazers. being, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, according to Charles, but uh, <laughs> a bunch of bullshit. But anyways, uh, you know, they're not just, you know, they can't just handpick who they want anymore. Um, and I do think Magic Johnson has kind of always had that mentality of this is LA, this is, you know, we get who we want and, he swung and missed a few times, got LeBron, and I think he thought, okay, my work's done. I got LeBron. Now people are definitely going to come here, and it's still not the case. I mean, you you still you hear Kawhi doesn't want to come play. You know, he's looking at the Clippers next year if, if he, in fact, leaves Toronto. Um, Paul George gave him the, the old Heisman stiff arm and stayed at Oklahoma City. So, you know, I think – Magic Johnson, the Lakers, and LeBron all need to take a look look in the mirror this offseason and really kind of recalculate their pitch and, and how they want to pitch it. I think their pitch should be just what you touched on there. If anybody comes and joins LeBron and they win a championship, you are cementing a legacy. You'll be remembered forever. Lakers don't give a shit what you – Laker fan, L.A. fan doesn't give a shit what you've done. You know, like LeBron, he's won, won all these championships, has all these accolades. People were spray painting his murals and things before he even stepped on the court that there, just because yeah. they don't they don't give a shit what you do elsewhere. If you haven't done it in the purple and gold, they don't care. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting off season. I have to say, I don't think, and I thought this about the injury at first too. 
Um, now the minutes restrictions for the regular season, I have a personal gripe with, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but the missing the playoffs entirely, not having like a, a stretch where they're the eight or nine and they're kind of battling the last 10 games of the year and then try to battle a, a golden state or even Denver, I guess, in the first round, um, you know, that, that might not be the worst thing in the world for LeBron. Take a summer off, get, get healthy, get rested. Get recharged. Hopefully, get a few guys around him, or men, men some fences with with some kids that he's got there on on his squad too, and uh, you know, see what happens next year. But um, you know, I, yeah. Side note is that the the latest revelation on Ingram and his kind of serious health issues um, definitely hurt his draft stock, or excuse me, his trade stock. Mm. So, you know, that kind of puts a little wrench in in their plans too. So they're really going to have to hit the free agency market um, rather than the trade market, I think. But, you know, they're coming back to the kind of the spray painting before he even stepped on the field. You know, this year, like I said, even someone who's been a homer for him and have have seen some things and been annoyed by some things, you know, people have taken this opportunity to (laughs) – fizzy one. People have taken this opportunity to just like – really bubbles. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. they've they've taken this opportunity to act like he's not great and that just is something i just can't sit by and allow and mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just think you know a lot of people hate lebron because he's he's cocky he's, he's a lot about himself and arrogant and whatever um a have, have you watched the nba for long uh is what i say to that yeah. um but what i also say to that is you know, you were saying that he's been like the, the the center of the basketball world since he came into the league. Well, shit, the kid when he was a what a junior in high school was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a man, a boy, a boy at that point who was being told he was going to be the best ever since he, you know, could shoot a basketball. And you know, if if the worst thing LeBron is is an asshole and arrogant and and proud and probably sometimes over boasts his accomplishments. Um, I think we're doing okay because, or he's doing okay because, you know, he, for all we know and see, he's kept, he's kept his hands clean off the, off the court. And like, he's never really given anyone a reason to, to call to question his character or anything like that. So, you know, the fact he is who he is with the, the, frankly, the dick sucking, he was getting his whole childhood yeah. and everywhere he's ever yeah. walked in a basketball court. It, it's kind of amazing. And, um, you know, I, I just always cringe to think, you know, and I know you say a bad word about Michael Jordan and, and you're just an idiot because, you know, Michael Jordan cured cancer and, and ended <laughs> poverty as well. But, um, you know, if social media was around and if people were so fans literally had a direct line to talk to guys like they do to Kevin Durant nowadays, who I don't like, but I do understand and appreciate that like the access that fans and writers and media have to people's lives and direct like avenues to talk and just shit on people directly. If that was around in Michael Jordan's days, you know, who knows, maybe it would have made him better and he would have been an even bigger freak. But you know, he has some skeletons in his closet that a lot of people don't talk or think about just because of, the, the coverage wasn't there at that point. So, um, you know, for people to just shit on LeBron and not appreciate what we have while we have it is, is a real shame to me. And, and I hope, I really, really hope that even if he doesn't win a championship, which he very well may not in L.A., um, I hope he can at least turn it around and, and put some 
you still got years left in the tank, I'd figure. But, you know, let's not let it end like this. This is this has been bad. This year's been ugly. Hopefully it's just a, a blip on the radar, uh, a retirement to play baseball, if you will. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, who knows what he can do with the last three or four years of, of his career here in L.A. But uh, I just hope it's it's better, better than it was this year. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, while you were talking before you actually brought up the MJ and the social media area, I was literally thinking that. So well done for bringing that up. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, they, like you said, there was some skeletons. There was, a, you know, um, not to, to besmirch uh, his legacy because he's obviously a great player. But, you know, there's the gambling yeah. and the drinking and, um, you know, certain things in his past. And, and you know, that's just, you know, there is different eras, you know, beyond the pure basketball things. There are just things that uh, modern athletes deal with that, uh people in the past uh, athletes in the past never had to deal with uh social media is such a ma- just in- increasingly major part of it um almost the biggest part of it because that's half of your legacy is how you uh just seems to be how you are remembered as a as a outside of your play as your your cultural impact on um how how you know woke you are with whatever whatever things that are happening on social media you know mm-hmm. LeBron's you know you know posting his uh stats and whatever you know some people i mean i know yeah even you thought it was a little bit um and it wasn't the most becoming thing because it, being in the situation they are you kind of could say i oh, just just take a minute man like you know maybe. yeah but you know his so much of his uh career now is tied up in um well not his career but his uh his image is tied up in how his social media game is i guess he just feels he you know he damned if you do damned if you don't so why don't i just yeah. do it you know you know he's a yeah. So, yeah. I don't think he Yeah, can. he can't win. Yeah, unless he, he wins a championship. Win. And even if he wins a championship, he'll never have won a back-to-back one. So then they'll still say, well, you didn't do what Kobe did or what Shaq did or what Kareem did. or So he's never. I don't think he's ever going to win in L.A. Um, he might, you know, if he gets a championship, at least I'd hopefully for the personal satisfaction, that'll be okay. And legacy-wise, it'll probably, in the wider world, it'll, it'll help. Um, Lakers fans will still prefer Kobe because that's what they do. Um, and and Kobe was pretty great, but yeah, LeBron was still better. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hey, he got two. He got back to back in Miami. So yeah, he, he exactly, went back yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, then uh, real quick I'd, on for him on the court, it's also the. I always find it funny that like people just talk about you know and again, or Michael Jordan was incredible, and I, I hate personally, I hate the comparing of the two or mm-hmm. Wilt or Russell, like. It's just an asinine conversation to have. It really is. Um, and I try to say, like, just appreciate what, what we have in front of us. But I will say to that, to defend that a little bit, it's like, you know, Michael Jordan left for baseball for a couple of years. The Bulls still went to the playoffs. They still had Scottie Pippen. They were still one of the top teams in the East. Hmm. You look at Miami or Cleveland after he's left them, they literally go from finals teams to 19-win teams. Like, it is just land crater landmine after he leaves a place because he three straight number one picks in between his two stints wasn't it three straight? i believe so i they got, they got Ky- i know the year they got Kyrie. the year after he left Higgins and they got anthony bennett oh anthony bennett shit <laughs> yeah. um that's what a wow what a swinger who knows you know that's just so funny just such little crap like that where if they make a better i you know off the top of my head i can't remember who went second i'm I guessing got, whoever got. went second I get. I guarantee they were great. Yeah. And it's like, how different would LeBron's career or time been when he came back? Two things: if if they would have made the right pick there, or if the you know, 
and, you know, Wiggins versus Love, they got their championship. So who, you know, that's that's kind of antiquated probably. But even that, like, you know, Wiggins is a good little player. So, um, but yeah, when he left in 2010, they went they went from a 61 win team. They lost in the conference finals that or semis that year. That was the year the, the infamous taking of the jersey off. Um, but they won 19 games the next year, then 21. So yeah. and then 24. So they didn't win. In the next three years after he left, they didn't win as many games in the regular season as they did his final year yeah. in Cleveland, the first go-round. So it's just crazy to me that people try to, to shit on him constantly. and Yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, like I, we've I, touched on with – oh, you have who? I got that draft. Um, all right, so you know, the top ten is actually really funny because there's not many that you would absolutely take. But number two uh, over the last two years has been pretty good. Victor Oladipo was the number two pick after Anthony Bennett. Definitely better than they Anthony could have, They could have used a shoot, they could have used <laughs> another shooter there, and then and then so at number ten was CJ McCollum. Obviously, we're happy with that pick. There you go. Um, number twelve, Stephen Adams, been a pretty good center um, for the OKC. Number fifteen, only Giannis and Zakumpo. So, so wow. there's a few players you could have had in that draft. Uh, obviously, you know, you know, it's all hindsight in drafts because you know who who. Who rounded out the next or three, four, five there? What a weird draft. Uh, so, yeah, so one, Anthony Bennett, two, Victor Oladipo, three, Otto Porter, four, Cody Zeller, five, Alex Len. Wow. What a. Uh, oh, Jesus. even even better. Go six, Nerlens Noel, seven, Ben McLemore, eight, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, nine, Trey, Mc, Trey Burke, and then ten, CJ McCollum. So, <laughs> Man, that has to go down as one of the softer drafts in a long time i feel like yeah but then you go into those next five you got you know mccullum and it's combo steve yeah. adams like there's some good guys there that are you know and the combo is a uh, possible mvp steven adams is a uh is a very very high high, ra- high rated um center and um and pretty good all-around player so you know yeah you know, it was a good draft just not not in the top three <laughs> well all, all the, yeah all the deep not that side. not that sexy draft you would like you know like I feel like the last few of the top five guys have all been pretty big, pretty big hitters. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's nuts. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how little stuff like that can uh, – man, I had forgotten about Bennett. That's so funny. Um, yeah, it's crazy how, like, little things like that can shape a franchise for forever, Greg Oden. Um, yeah, or uh, Sam Bowie as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's something that often um, – I think it often comes up in the – like. You know, if the Blazers have the number one pick, they'll take the guy they shouldn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, drafted pretty well, considering. I guess that's a good segue. I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts on LeBron and the Lakers? Or just, um, I mean, it's all it's all been pretty much spoken anywhere you want to read, yeah. read or listen to podcasts. Everyone's talked about every single angle. There was, okay, there was one thing I forgot to, um, you and I both have probably listened to Colin Cowherd a bit over the years. I actually remember some good trips down back from, Timbers games. We were listening to his show um, mm-hmm. on the five on the way back to Eugene from Portland after Timbers games nights. So he had a take the other day. I I I can give it. Yeah, it's more about the LA culture and how the the way to be a great Laker is to not get sucked in by LA. And his his idea was that like LeBron went to LA and he's so distracted. He's so distracted. That's the reason his play. And I just don't think that's. I think people need to hold up on that one. I think he does have his interests there, and obviously he's got Space Jam 2 happening. There is obviously distractions, and I put that in inverted commas because um, – a quotation, sorry. It's um, 
<laughs> I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's actually distracted. I think he's got his things, but I think when he's on the court, that guy he you you're besmirching his legacy as a as one of the greatest competitors I think I've seen by saying that the reason he's not playing he's still his numbers are still fucking fantastic this year. Anyone else that yeah. isn't LeBron has his numbers, they're an MVP candidate. That's yeah. how that's how nuts it is. So I think you're I don't want to see that narrative continue that the reason he's the Lakers are bad is because LeBron's distracted because his his on on court numbers are actually great. It's just it's just not working. That's that's what it is. It's just not working with the players he has around him. You know, say what you want about the Kuzmas and the Bulls, and I mean they're all injured now and they're playing the G League team, so it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I think it's a I think it's a bad way to bad way to uh, frame the narrative around LeBron that he's gone to LA and all he's worried about is his business interests. Because while that is there, and I, I mentioned that's part of the reason he went there. When he's on the court, there is nothing going else going through his mind. In my, at least in my mind, as a player, like the guy I've watched for eighteen years, be just one of the best competitors in the NBA. He wants to win when he's out there, and he, he he's frustrated. That's why he gets you. Know, you see him; he gets frustrated, and he whether whether you mm-hmm. like it or not, when he turns around to his teammates and just gives them the shake of their head, that's because he's a competitor, and he just he's just going, "What the fuck's going on?" So, yeah, that narrative around uh, LeBron being distracted and LeBron, the LA thing, because uh, I think Cowherd compared him to. He obviously compared him to Kobe and said, Kobe, all he did was helicopter into the stadium, helicopter out. Whatever the truth is to how Kobe managed his time in LA, you know, I don't think, I don't think comparing him to LeBron and saying, LeBron, the reason it's not going to work is because of his business interests. I think it's the wrong way to frame it. I think the reason it's not going to work is because, and again, we've, we already just talked about it, was uh, I think it's the Lakers themselves more than anything, and LeBron probably didn't quite realize how dysfunctional it was. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You real, real quick, I don't want to like. I know we've we've probably spent too much time on on the Lakers already because yeah. they're we'll get not to a the good team. But <laughs> yeah, but I was real quick. I'm. Who do you think? Um, who do you think he will get or at least go after this offseason? Because I always made the joke. I thought when 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 they were both on Cleveland and Kyrie left to Boston, got traded to Boston. I always made the the somewhat joking, but in my heart, kind of serious joke that. LeBron told him to go, get the hell out, I'll come join you in Boston in yeah. two years or whatever it was. And so now I find it all kind of funny how how they've reconciled. You know, Kyrie seems to have learned that maybe it's not so easy to be the leader and be a, a LeBron-type leader. So do you think there's any shot that Kyrie comes over? Or who, who do you think the Lakers are going to go after this offseason? Yeah, I think the Kyrie one's one that I've I haven't given too much time to, but I've I, definitely when I see like after their game the other day when they're dapping up and whatever, like they look like old buddies that would be happy to play together again. So yeah, um, certainly Kyrie's on the table. Uh, that would go down well in Boston. That would be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I'd l- I can't wait to listen to the next Bill Simmons podcast when Kyrie signs his deal with the Lakers. That would just fucking blow my mind. Um, yeah, so you've got Kyrie. There's. The one that isn't talked about as much, I, I, Clay Thompson is a is a free agent at least this off season. Uh-huh. I, he's got some. Obviously, it doesn't. It goes without saying. His his father was a a, a big part of the, some of the Lakers' um, success in the past. Uh, I think Clay. I think the only thing that would stop it is if Clay. Uh, Clay just seems like a chill dude. Apparently, he's a well liked dude around the NBA. He's just like really. He, yeah. He, he, with all the drama that comes with the Warriors, with. Um, and we'll maybe touch on that um, after we talk some Blazers mm-hmm. because the Warriors are interesting at the moment. But, you know, you got Draymond, uh, Boogie, Durant, 
Durant hasn't seemed happy for about a year, which is weird considering he's in probably the best part of his career. But um, yeah, uh, Clay just seems like a chill dude that just goes once, just wants to play basketball and have some fun and and win some championships. Like he's just fell into the best situation that he could have. But he's got ties to LA, and that would be an interesting one because LeBron. I mean, everyone that doesn't live under a rock knows he needs someone who can at least shoot the basketball around him. <laughs> And especially someone that's just grown up in that, or grown up in a, as a basketball player in that kind of real modern um, NBA situation that is the Warriors. So Clay's the outside one that I'd I'd be interested to see go to go to the Lakers. But then the flip side of that is, does Clay want to go and say, you know, there, there's been a big rivalry with the Warriors and LeBron, and I don't know whether mm-hmm. the liking each other scale is on that. Um, so that would probably be the one thing that stops it, but. Clay's an interesting one. Apart from that, I don't know. Like the Anthony Davis thing, I fucking don't even know anymore because he could end up in Boston or he could end up in New York or he could end up at the Lakers. I don't really know. Yeah, that one, that's going to be weird. And see, that one still takes a uh, a trade, which yeah. which is always interesting to me. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I can't remember. Anthony I know you... Davis still has a year on his deal, so that's not he's not even a yeah. free agent. So, like, it's such – and that's that's something we can talk about in another pod about player power. Because I'd like love to dedicate yeah. an entire pod with just you and Shay on the line about that one, but yeah. Oh, Kemba's an unrestricted free agent, huh? He's a I didn't know that. He's a sneaky. He's a he's an underrated player too. So absolutely, I actually, I, he's I, a great player. I was not aware that he was an unrestricted. So he's unrestricted free agent. This okay. That's a. Uh, That's according to Forbes. When was it? Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is February twenty second. Yeah, February twenty second. Yeah. So and he's, he's, yeah, unrestricted he's a, free agent. He's a twenty eight, twenty nine at the moment. I think so. He's got a couple of. Yeah. He doesn't have. I. I mean, it's hard to say because Charlotte is so often just not in anyone's news cycle. So, I don't yeah. think I don't think he has any major hit injury of like you know bad injuries. So, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, There's it's few... gonna be an interesting off season as, as the NBA always is. Yeah. Um, anyway, Blazers. It's a lot more fun to talk about. Actually, well, the Lakers is, is fun. the Lakers is fun to talk about, but um, yeah. As a, as a lifelong Blazer fan, I mean, I, like I said, you know, <laughs> obviously already said we I love LeBron, but I can't lie, it's been fun to watch the the Lakers implode the last five, six, seven years. So I mean, yeah, fuck them. They'll be back, and in you know, ten, twenty, whether it's LeBron does it or someone else does it in ten, fifteen years, they'll be back, and we'll all hate them again. So. Just remember these moments where they've been a dumpster fire and revel in them because they'll go away. So yeah, but yeah, the Blazers, huh? Charles Barkley's finals team, Kenny Smith, finals. <laughs> boy, that. So yeah, boy, that. I, you were you were so yeah you were at that game. I think I I texted yeah. you and informed you because I was watching it on TV here, being that it was nationally televised in America usually means televised on the ESPN in Australia, which is good that the Blazers are good because that helps us out. <laughs> Us down, yeah. us down under types. Um, yeah, I texted you. I think you, you were at the game against the Thunder and said, oh, by the way, Charles Barkley thinks we're going to make the finals. Um, I like us being in the national discussion. I just don't like the fact it goes to either being, we're either not in the discussion at all or suddenly we're finals. Can't we just be a good team that's a chance? <laughs> yeah. Immediately, immediately puts the jinx on. Yeah, of course. And like as soon as you sent that, I was like, it was one of those, what the fuck? And have to like scramble to the Twitter sphere, and sure enough, it's just like, oh my god, the city's on fire. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because in Portland, it's like someone saying they could go to the finals is like, 
like they've won the finals. It's, it's a big deal. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, he had a smile on his face the whole time. So I still wonder if someone paid him to say that or what. But, um, yeah, you know, they look they're as deep as they've been. You know, I, I, I shit on GM bro. Uh, and when I say GM bro, I always mean me a little Shay. Um, I shit on him and he, you know, he's, he's got his shortcomings and he's kind of a car salesman, I feel like, but, um, you know, I'll, I gotta give him credit where credit's due. He this made two little sneaky cheap moves this year that, that really, I think bolster them, uh, quite a bit and they're deeper. You know, I don't know if they're the most talented that I, I can remember, you know, those, those early 2000 teams that should have won one, um, were probably the, the most talented of my formidable years, but we definitely have the most talented player I've ever seen as a Blazer. Uh, I was too young to appreciate Clyde. So, or, uh, uh, Lillard is definitely, you know, you know, there's just no one, no one better in my opinion. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun, uh, fun little stretch run here, fun little playoff run. I think the, the thing I'm worried about with it all is where they're kind of setting up right now it kind of seems like a foregone conclusion that they will play either Houston or Oklahoma city, just where the three, four, five is kind of grouping. Um, it would take kind of a catastrophe to drop down to like the seven to play Denver, which you don't want to end up doing either, but I think Denver's a beatable team. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, you know, we got swept by Oklahoma city, but I, I, I don't think Oklahoma city's a, a team that that much better than the Blazers. I also didn't think New Orleans would beat the Blazers last year. So um, it's had, one of those things Jay, where you had Chase theory on that one. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Kryptonari <laughs> stole all his spaceshipy monstered him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it has to be something. Like I don't know what the fuck that was. I just that. God, that was baffling. I remember going to Game Two. They lost in a in a bitter fashion in Game One, and, and you know it was a super fun way to take it in because we had just gotten out of the Timbers home opener. Um, which they won, and we walked across the street to a bar and caught the last like five or six minutes of game one of last year. And mm-hmm. the Blazers came storming back from being down like 20 or something ridiculous and almost won at the end. They didn't. So we all went into game two like, okay, they figured it out. They're going to, you know, we're going to be fine. They're going to win this game and 1-1, and we'll, we'll get one down in New Orleans. And we just, the Blazers just got absolutely shit-stomped in game two, and it was just – it was something else. So, yeah, Monstars is the only – that's the only uh, explanation I can come up with. So yeah, I like it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things like I'm excited and, and they have a good stretch run here of games. They, they have some winnable games, tough little, tough little trip. They're about to go on now, but a lot of home games, a lot of games against bad teams. And, but just it's the blazers. I've been here before. It's I'll believe it when I see it, you know, it's going to take a couple wins in the playoffs before I really start to, to get excited. And, um, you know, I, I hope I hope us Portlanders can get excited. You know, I see so many national people, including like Chuck and, and Kenny, that just seem to just, you know, they're looking for that next team already. And it's just like, you know, I know there's some dysfunction and, and we'll get to it, like you said, but Golden State is not going anywhere. And the road still goes through Golden State tenfold. Like, they're, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I think getting a series win as sad as that is to say, would be just massive for this team. And, and hey, you never know, maybe get to the conference finals if the, the cards fall right and you get that 
three spot. Maybe you don't play the Warriors until the conference finals if you can get there and lose to them. There's that's a that's a phenomenal season. Maybe they dismember this off season and you got some some dead money coming off the books here soon and some tradable pieces. Shit, maybe next year or two years. Like maybe we're gonna set up for a little run here that a lot of us Portlanders didn't think could ever happen. So um, there's a lot of reason to be excited right now. I think whether it's this year or maybe next year, I, I think the little bit of window is open and and, and we'll see. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Um, first of all, uh, yeah, obviously, um, I, I we'll get to the Warriors in a, in a little bit. Um, Lillard, uh, he had a little piece the other day where he said, you know, there's a lot more to. I'd love to win a championship. But there's a lot more to being an NBA player, and that, I mean, that just warmed my heart. I like, you know, had mm-hmm. just this warm, the warm and fuzzy feelings because Lillard loves us and we love Lillard. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, we've you know, there's often been talk about who Portland could possibly trade if they needed to to bring in another piece and it would obviously depend on where Lillard's happiness was but it seems like Lillard's um, pretty happy to just be at Portland for the next couple few years at least and see what happens um, so you know you've got your star player and Lillard's um, actually a, a side note because you mentioned Drexler before there was a, a there was a, um, a poll on Twitter that was about an hour before I we could jump on the pod actually uh, who's the best blazer of all time and it was um Lillard or I can't remember where actually it was basically fifty five percent Lillard and then forty five percent Drexler. No, it was who's uh, I'm trying to think how they frame this now. I say it had to be it had to be Drexler. Yeah, no, like it was basically ever. it was basically uh, it was a it, no that it was no that it was just framed is is Lillard the best blazer of all time and fifty five percent was yes and I looked at the replies and it was a few people saying Walton or Drexler. Um, mm-hmm. other, other people were saying Drexler number one, Walton's a call for number two, just because of his, even if it was a short time um, you know, he won a championship obviously uh, and they should have won another one the next year until he, he his body started destroying itself um, Yeah. so, you know, th- that was that was the way it was framed, so it was basically Lillard's already in a discussion, basically because I think he's going to pass Drexler in the next uh, couple of, mm-hmm. next game basically as um, second all time, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. I gotta pull up where he actually is at on that. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. While you pull that up, so it, there is like uh, basically it was fifty five forty five as to whether he's the best blazer of all time. So I think that probably shows where it's at because you've got like obviously got um a lot of Twitter users are probably younger just by dem- demographic. Mm-hmm. So it's probably fifty fifty in in retro and like if you. If you add a five percent little leeway to the way that poll was poll was answered, so he's already in the discussion as the greatest blazer of all time, and he's got two or three years of prime left at least, I think. Oh yeah, injuries permitting and whatever. So you know the like you said, the Blazers are set up you know to have a good good run, and um, if we wanted to segue into, I mean, I don't know. Any other thoughts on the way the way the Blazers are going to go this year? I don't know. We've talked about McCullum being a bit. Uh, actually, yeah. Let, let, yeah. let's talk about that that now um, before we go on to Warriors. Uh, McCullum and Nurkic because Nurkic has had a great year. McCullum's I think McCullum's role has diminished somewhat because he's realised you know they've probably tried to try to change things a little bit and not become not be quite as backcourt dependent even though they are. Um, so yeah, Nurkic and McCullum. Yeah, I uh, well, real real quick, uh, he is twenty two points away. Lillard is from passing 
LaMarcus for second all time. He got some work to do for Clyde, but I mean, right? That's what, what it was. Six, yeah, yeah, six thousand points still for Clyde. He, Clyde's up at eighteen thousand, so yeah. he's got some work to do for Clyde. But I mean, that's if he sticks. If he is truly sticking with the Blazers throughout his career, he, he'll pass. He'll he'll go down as the, the all time leading scorer for the Blazers for sure. Um, but yeah, looks like maybe a trip to Norlane. I think that's who they get first on their their trip. Either way, it looks like maybe tomorrow night we could see a new uh, second-place all-time scorer. I'd be happy to dis- dislodge Aldridge from that spot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, under your question, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, Brittany always, whenever she, I'm watching a game around her or, or we've gone to a game, and, you know, the Blazers, I've said this, I think, on this pod before, too. Is, is the Blazers are definitely the, the team that I have the most, like, hate, love-hate relationship with. Um, I'm hardest on the Blazers mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, um, like I'm always willing to get the Ducks or the Timbers, the, my other two only local, local like diehard teams. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt more often than I ever am the Blazers for for whatever reason. I don't, I can't pin why that is, but, um, but yeah, I've I've last year and last playoffs especially, I was really on Nurk's case. I thought last year towards the end he seemed to get comfortable with like the Nurk fever in Portland, like he was loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the playoffs, he was just straight up soft. Like he wasn't taking the ball to the hole. He was just tried these little finesse moves and tried to, you know, tippy toe around people. And it was just really frustrating because he's such a massive power out there that, and he just wasn't using his size and ability. Um, so I was really down on him coming into this off season or coming into this season. But I, I really do. I think I mentioned it to you. I, I feel like he's kind of stepped up as the number two on the team. Um, you know, he's just a consistent double-double guy, and he's gotten he, – he's more aggressive. He, he is more um, – he just uses his size and talent better than he was. It, it reminds me of those first 20 games when he first got over here. He's kind of back to embracing that as his full-time role. Mm. Um, and I was really hard on CJ at the start of the year this year, really frustrated with his play. Um, you know, he's going through some – scoring slumps which that's that's happened that's basketball like you're gonna go through those that that's forgivable but he just at times seemed disinterested and seemed almost threatened i guess and, and maybe this is reading into things too much but he seemed almost threatened oh boy got another visitor um by nurk and his kind of you know i always found it ironic at the at the all-star break that the Timbers campaign, or Timbers, the Blazers campaign was super heavy, obviously, and, you know, Lillard for All-Star, but also CJ for mm-hmm. All-Star, and not a mention of Nurk, and, and I think, some you great, know, next Some great year, social media, media videos out of that, but yeah. Absolutely, but yeah, and I think Nurk got the shaft there, but yeah. I think that'll change next year now, but, um, you know, since the All-Star break, I will say, um, CJ's definitely kind of come back into, and before the All-Star break, too, but... Um, you know, it is kind of back to, it seems like a little bit of a three-headed monster. Um, until the Oklahoma game the other night, actually, it kind of had seemed like Lillard was trying to empower others on the team. Like, mm-hmm. he was having a lot of 14, 16, kind of 17-point games, just not not taking over games like he sometimes has to. Uh, and I thought that CJ and Nurk and, and even, you know, obviously the, the game in Charlotte, you had Rodney Hood, the newcomer, step up and, and ball out. So I, I really like to see that Lillard's kind of, I think for now, in the last stretch, you're trying to give these guys the confidence and let them see that they have the ability to, to help take over games and then, you know, hopefully come playoffs that uh, 
that bodes well, and some guys have some confidence out there. To Jake Lehman, who the hell would have fucking seen that? that that's still <laughs> the craziest storyline of this year to me. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with both. And you know, it is that thing where if 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 they get swept or something or four one or out in embarrassing fashion again this year, um, it will be interesting to see with CJ if if he sticks. If they if GM Bro loves him. And, you know, for good reason, but he, he loves them and swears that they can make those two work. And if they get swept again, I, I just don't know if I'm convinced that they can, can make those two work. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. But as of right now, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled with all three of them and, and got some good, you know, layman and hood and, you know, Ernest, Ernest Cantor kind of needs to have his breakout as a pleasure still, but, um, yeah, made some consistency from Farouk. And uh, Mo too. I think that's really that was the other night against Oklahoma City. Those two disappeared again after playing really well on the road trip. Those two just disappeared. And, and yeah, I mean, so, you you tweeted it right. I think immediately after the game, like, it was a good night for them to disappear. Obviously, sarcastically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was it was one of those nights where you could see Lillard was taking a hell of a lot of the load. You had Nurkic doing his best, and we can um, take or leave the uh, sure. the the decisions that. Um, that, that retweet, look, you know, Nurkic, you can say what you want about that foot that trailed and tripped uh, Westbrook. Mm-hmm. The fact is Westbrook put him on the floor after that and then um, Paul George elbowed him in the face. So he ended up on the floor twice and somehow was the only player rejected. So how that yep. happens uh, in an NBA game where they do use video, I don't know, but um, is what it is. So Nurkic had a pretty good – Nurkic, I mean, he had half of our first 12 or 15 points, I think. He started really hot in that game and I think – yeah. And I think he would have kept on going. I think the uh, foul trouble and the uh, then the first tech really kind of whether it shook him a little. I don't think it shook him. It's just more like you, obviously you you have to change the way you play when you're uh, when you're in that zone. Yeah. When, when you when you get into a couple of fouls and a and a tech on you in the first half. So um, yeah, Nurk and then you know, CJ was okay. But yeah, those those role players that you know and like you said, Farouk, Farouk and uh, Mo that really just just fucking I. Don't, I you, I, when I read that tweet, I was like, "Oh yeah, they were on the floor." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just disappeared. I, the only times I remember seeing yeah. them there was like, "Oh, you know, Amino's Amino for the three, and then it just bricks. Like, it just yeah, yep. terrible." Um, so you know, there is issues that uh, there is you know, it's not perfect, but um, you know, issues are something that happens with every NBA team, and it's a perfect time to segue to the Warriors, and they just lost to the Suns. So <laughs> yeah. Crazy NBA. Let's. Uh, what was the uh, the loss? The Blazers, uh, Memphis. You know, at the end of that road trip, which, yeah, yeah they they had one they had one foot back on the plane to get home, because yeah. they came out hot and and then like, uh oh, they Memphis is actually going to play this game. So that's just the NBA. Like you know, and then the Suns. You know, we beat up or the Blazers, excuse me, beat up on the Suns and make them look like a you know a scrub team, and then they go turn around and go down to to the Bay Area and beat the the Warriors and. Um, yeah, that's just the NBA, and you know I think the Warriors are disinterested at this point. Um, you know they they came out on Friday night and and handled apparently the second best team. Although I think I think there, a lot of people would agree that they're maybe fifth or sixth best team in Denver in the West. Mm-hmm. But um, they just and that's just matchups you know. a little bit too. Like Denver, are yeah, a very solid team. But when they match up against the Golden State team, that might be just on, you know on their game and on the night they they no they no match for them so you know their their best player is uh, like Jokic is a freak of a player um you know it, being his size and his position 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen many like him, but, you know, matchup-wise overall at the team, I can't – you know, Jamal Murray's pretty good. and but I, I yeah. just – I can't see them being – they're a – they're a number two seed in a in a in a conference that also has James Harden, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard below them. So yeah. you know you're you're in a you're in a conference that's uh, sometimes not the the seedings don't quite befit the uh, actual talent that's going around. And you know, apart yep. from Golden State, sitting at the top is probably is, well not probably fair. It is fair, um, despite the run they're on at the moment. But yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's my thing. Like, they're still sitting at the top. They 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 match up against the team that's number two in the West. You know, well, whatever our opinions might be, they're number two in the West. So, yeah, so good for great. them. But you know, it came down to it, and the Warriors kind of pushed them around. It, it looked like at the start of that game, the Warriors were just gonna bludgeon them. Uh, and then you know, Denver fought back in the late first, second quarter, and then again in the third, in the you know second half, the Golden State did in fact end up kind of. Taking, taking them behind the woodshed. So, you know, and then they turn around and lose to Phoenix. So I, I just think Golden State is in this point, and Clay kind of alluded to it in his comments after the game, which I have my own gripes about anyways. But, um, you know, they're not interested uh, right now. Yeah. And why should they be? They're, they've seemingly been in cruise control or in dysfunction mode, whatever you want to call it, this whole season. They're still 45-21 and 21 in, in first place. And they can take literally take games off and still be in first place. So, yeah. you know, the, the people that are already writing them off, like, oh, they're broken. It's, it's you know, it's not going to end well. And, and maybe they won't win this year. There are, like you've, you've, we've both alluded to, there's a lot of good teams in that middle middle spot of the West right now. So maybe one of them jumps off. You know, I think I think Chris Paul doesn't get hurt last year, and I think the Rockets might have might have knocked him off last year. So maybe they get revenge this year. Who knows? But, um you know, I'm not ready to write off Golden State or or consider Dynasty over or whatever you want to say until I see another team celebrating while they're crying. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, we've, yeah, we've, I just won't, we've, won't we've believe had it. this very same narrative with uh, the New England Patriots in the NFL. Um, yep. And they've had yep. they've had some terrible impact. I mean, it's almost you know you could carbon copy it across. You know, the Pats lost to. The Titans, the Jaguars, and uh, Miami this year. I I think they lost to the Jags, and I know they definitely lost to the Titans in Miami this year, and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, in the in that, and if you frame it that way, it is a <laughs> it's a very scarily similar. And then they probably will go on and win the NBA championship this year. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess there's a few concerns over how they're fitting Boogie into the uh, offensively. Boogie's okay. Um, my fantasy team, like just to put biases out there, like as, as I like to do, because I don't want to, I don't want to frame our podcast as one that's um, we're obviously as objective as possible, but we've got our biases. My fantasy team name is Boogie. Oh yeah. My fantasy team name is Boogie Knights. I've had Demarcus Cousins since I start. We started this keeper league, so I love him. But um, you know, he's 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 lumbering along a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. isn't the player he was pre injury. He's uh, always been more offensively minded, even though he's a big man. That can he can def- he probably could be a great defensive player if he put his mind to it, but um, he just isn't at the moment. And you can see that it's breaking down their play a little bit. Um, obviously, a wealth of wealth of riches to have Boogie as an option because that's what he is. He's an option. He's not a starting player. <laughs> like he's he's an option. Um, and so I think in the playoffs it'll probably come to the fact that they'll play him situationally and whatever. I think. 
I've listened to a lot of talk the last few weeks where it's like, oh, Boogie's, you know, he's the problem. But, you know, if if he's the problem, then in the playoffs, Kerr's probably smart enough not to play him when when he doesn't yep. need to. Like, there's a couple of those playoff series where, you know, Andrew Bogut won a championship with them, but he, he barely played minutes unless he needed to. So, yep. uh, Andrew Bogut's going to be back for him as well. But, no, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But, um. Yeah, I, I think they're smart enough to realize, and it would come down to just the, you know, it would come down to fitness. I think if Curry, Clay, and Durant and Draymond are all fit going into the playoffs, good luck betting against them. You know, that's that's yep. it. that that's it. that is what it is. If they're all fit, they'll they'll bring their A game and they'll they'll play well. You know, Durant and Draymond apparently, I, I don't know what it is. I haven't read too much into it, but they don't seem to like each other too much. I don't know, but you know. They all know they want to win a championship, so it's not gonna it's not gonna get in the way of that, I don't think. So, as yeah. much as it's yeah, fun, they are. it's fun to talk about writing him off, but you know, it's been fun for everyone in the NFL to try and write off the Patriots for the last fifteen years, and that hasn't worked out that well for anyone that hates them. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, these guys all have legacies. They know. I mean, they all know. Like, they got legacies to 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 build or to to keep padding, I guess, if you will. So. Yeah, when a push comes to shove, and you know they start playing the playoffs. I mean, who they'll they'll probably play the King, which actually, you know, you and Shay talked about that too. But the King that actually could be a hell of a little series, yeah. sneaky good. Um, if that is who gets in, looks like the looks like it's actually going to be the Jazz. They're they're separating now. Kings are four four spot or four games out of that eight spot, so there's a little bit of cushion between the the haves and the have nots now. So. Um, but yeah, you know they'll come into that series and they're gonna turn it on, and yeah, it'll be tough to slow them down once they get going. I'm sure. So, um, yeah. But you know, I did, I did find I, I think, you know, even their fans are getting comfortable. Like Clay's comments the other night, which again, of, of the, the, the Warriors dynasty, he's the one I, I enjoy, I, I like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, honestly, all of them. I used to dislike them. Before Durant went there, I disliked them a lot, and I think most of that was probably jealousy of a quote-unquote small market that was Golden State, even though they're in San Francisco, Bay Area. Uh, but they were always kind of considered a small market team, weren't like a sexy team, and they all of a sudden got super good and, and built it the right way. And so I think a lot of my uh, original hatred for them was jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when Durant went there, it was like, nope, okay, this isn't jealousy anymore. This is just bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I still don't like Durant. I still, you know, just, you know, I think he gets shit on a lot too, but but I just can't root for the guy. But Clay's comments bugged me the other night about, oh, you know, they're playing Phoenix and, like, we really could use the fans. We need you guys to be loud and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, he's like, you know, what he's, he said something along the lines of, like, just because it's not, like, the Bucks or, or who else. I can't remember the teams he used. But basically, you know, and he wasn't meaning to discredit the Suns, I don't think. It wasn't, like, an asshole comment on that sense. But. It was just more of like, you know, just, you know, you got to be here for us every single night. And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, when is a, a, a player calling out the fans ever worked? Or like, actually, like, that's just like, you can't try to pin a loss on the Suns, on the fans not being into it and mm-hmm. you needing their energy at home. Like, I just, like, come on, man. Like, you guys should beat that team by 40. Let's not be like trying to use that as an excuse. Because yeah. just like you guys don't show up every night, the fans aren't showing up every night. And just like you will bring in the playoffs, you know that or the Oracle will be rocking, especially in its last year, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so that place will be rocking. I just that those comments, I just that you're not doing anybody any good with that. Like, we could do a whole lot on that too, because there's often talk about um, Liverpool fans and uh, 
And, uh, you know, 12 p.m. kickoffs versus 3 p.m. in the APM Champions League games and who you're playing. And Klopp often talks about it. Klopp's very good at um, framing his comment. He always does it in his pre-match. You know, we we need you against Bournemouth like we we had you against, uh, you know, Roma or whatever whatever Champions League team mm-hmm. you want to talk about. So they seem to get away with it in Premier League. And I think as Premier League fans are a lot more conscious of it. Um, because uh, there's one of there's a lot of Liverpool fans that talk about the 12 p.m. Sunday kickoffs are hard because they're hungover and then they need to get up and have a beer before they go to the game. <laughs> so it's, it's pints before the game that dictate how well the, the the game's atmosphere is and say what you want about alcohol. But you know, five pints before a game helps. It does. It really does. <laughs> so uh, you know, and that, you know, but that's neither here nor there with the fans. I, I you know, NBA games are always at night more more or less, apart from the occasional mid, mm-hmm. midday games a weekend. So, um, yeah, you know, Clay. You know, uh, it's 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 fifty fifty. I've often said that players need to bring the performance out of the fans, and fans need uh-huh. to bring the performance out of players. It's a symbiotic relationship. I think sometimes. I think good players realize how big of an effect fans have, and good fans have a big know how much of an effect they have on the players. So it's it, it's a, it's a bit of give and take. You know, the players need uh-huh. to do something, and then the fans will respond. And if the players do something, the fans don't respond. Then then that's where the relationship starts to break down. It's like anything. You know, fans and players are just another marriage in the world of weird weird things that happen in the world. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, Clay. Yeah, and I mean, you know. Oh, sorry. I'll just real quick. I, I side with him in general on the whole. Like, I get like what you're saying with Klopp. Oh and, no, you're you're absolutely I, right that they should beat the Suns without the fans. They should play in an empty arena and beat the Suns. So that, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just it feels of late they're looking. You know, and I mean maybe I, and I probably just framed it a little off too because I just I was annoyed by it only because I feel like they in this team and their quote unquote struggles are looking to blame everybody, but but their own locker. Yeah. Maybe that's just them knowing the real fractures and, you know, there are real things happening behind closed doors and they're being good teammates and not airing it out. And, and so, you know, they deserve credit for that mm-hmm. if that is what's happening. But it does seem like they're always looking, and maybe it's a little of the media too, but everyone's always looking for a reason outside of inside the locker room of why they're losing, particularly them. Um, and so I think that's just why that one, that one rubbed me. But, it's funny because you said that about the, the kickoff times, and I scrambled really quick to see the finally when we get the first two Timbers home games and two Saturday night games. So that'll oh, be yes, because it is <laughs> it is always those, the one o'clock, like you said, those one o'clock or noon kicks on like a Sunday. It's like fuck, you know. I've just had some breakfast and my coffee, and now it's time to go get rowdy. Like yeah, shit. Yeah. So because so, yeah. both ways. My Liverpool game this year was a uh, twelve p.m. kickoff against Fulham, so I. I um I was the one person at breakfast just just sinking pints of Guinness like right across from the stadium and Andrea's just looking at me like she's just yeah. eating, she's just eating her eggs and potatoes and I'm just like like are you going to get any food I'm like no just give me your drink tokens that we got with this package I'm going back to the bar <laughs> so <laughs> I was fine but yeah liquid diet yeah well Guinness is a meal in a glass basically so it was fine yeah I, I got through the day fine just the sub I don't really yeah. remember the subway at 7 p.m. that night but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so real quick, I've only got probably 10 more minutes before I need to wrap it up because I've got to go pick up my brother in about half an hour. But um, uh, MVP, I, I can't remember if the text you sent me about notes on your notes that you had from our pod, but you know, MVP discussion is going to be an ongoing thing week to week at towards uh-huh. the end of the year. But just, just uh, straight off, just who, who who's your front runner at the moment? Um, 
I th I mean I think who my front runner is and who the who I think the real front runner is are different. I I give sound, that Giannis. Very similar to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Giannis what he's done uh both personally the way his game has grown over the last handful of years, but also, you know, what he's taken a team in the Bucks that just I mean, he's got some good pieces around him, don't get me wrong, but I mean, he he has seemingly single-handedly taken that team and made them a, re a real contender. Um, I think it'll it'll probably go to Harden, even though like you touched on when, with you and Shea about it's kind of crazy that he'll be he'll be on a short list of back-to-back -back MVPs, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't seem like he should be because I personally hate what he's done to the game. I, I he's a great player, he's a phenomenal talent. Don't I don't want to discredit that at all, but just the the hardening of the game i call it like the other night at the, the blazers game when guys are jumping and then backing into each other and then calling getting fouls and it's just like you know i don't know the hardening of the game and not hardening like hardening it up like yeah like, like traveling and drawing fouls intentionally it's just it's ugly and whatever it scores a lot of points but so while i think he will be the mvp because his numbers have been freakish i uh, someone said today, I can't remember what I was listening. It might have been the local radio guys. I heard, and I haven't fact-checked this, but I heard that he could sit out the rest of the year and get zero points, and he still can't lose the scoring title. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that is insane. So He'll average 28.6 points per game if he sits out the rest of the season. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so I mean, he's, that is absurd. Yeah. And I guess, too, um, there's a couple of things. Last week, I think I said that, I mistakenly said LeBron had three MVPs. He had four. I don't know how I forgot that. but So part of my narrative that I framed around it was I don't think Harden should have two-thirds of the MVPs LeBron should have. So, you know, he, 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 if he won, wins it this year, he'll have half. Still, I don't think he's... I still don't think he's that good to have back-to-back -back MVPs, as you said. Um, and But then I looked up the stats and he's got the... He'll if he keeps on this if he at least keeps the scoring amount of scoring he has at the moment he'll have the best uh, best points per game season since uh, MJ in '87 I think. So I I don't even know where I'm at with it anymore because I think but there's so much of it is uh that he's he scores so many so many of his points in a shit way that it's just it's hard to take. Mm -hmm. So I I respect the scoring he's doing because it is obviously if he finishes the season on this current streak, or, um, at least holding what he has, he'll have one of the best scoring seasons in the last forty years. But I, it's it's the lack it's a little bit of a lack of respect for the way he's doing it. So it's it's hard to frame it in mm -hmm. in the context of NBA history. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's dead on. That's that's what I think, and that's why my you know. Uh, vote, if you will, uh, not that I have a vote, but uh, yeah, I just what Giannis does, the way he plays, the I mean, he just impacts the game on so many different players or in so many different places, and you know he's a true two-way player where you know Harden's not a two-way player at all, and yeah. you know it, it's what the league is today though, and, and his numbers are crazy, they're they're staggering, so you know good good for him, and it seems like a foregone conclusion that that it'll be his to to win, but. Um, I, I would personally want it to go to, to Giannis for sure. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd much prefer Giannis. And that's the thing is um, his play. Um, and that, that, I mean, that'll be the decision that's made with the writers and whoever votes for it is, the, you know, who, uh, how, they, how they view the game. Do they, do they take into account the um, obvious um, 
golfing talent between the two-way player and the one way, like you know Harden's obviously one end of the court is where all of it happens whereas Giannis um look I I have not watched I've watched one Rockets game all year this year and that's not out of the fact that I didn't have the option to watch more I just didn't fucking care but whenever the Bucks are on and I'm home and I have time to watch him I'll watch the Bucks because um you hearing me or yeah, yeah, you're yeah. good now. Um, yeah, cross continental Skype is a is an interesting thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, Giannis. Um, yeah, whereas the Bucks, I'll turn them on. Um, not even just because Giannis. Um, Chris Middleton, my former fantasy player, now yours. <laughs> um, but uh, Eric Bledsoe, like they've got a good team. But Giannis obviously is the draw card, and it's because across the board, across the court, across everything, he he's just such a fun player to watch. He's so athletic. He's so he's just he's a graceful player. I don't even know how to put it. I mean, me and Shay talked about it. It's just players, you, you, certain ones that when you picture them in your mind, you can just see them very clearly. And Giannis is that to me. Whereas Harden, I can picture it clearly in my mind, but it's often barging into another player. So um, yeah, that's the difference. And it's not, and again, it's not any disrespect to Harden. I mean, it is a little bit because that's just what, it, how, it, how it's framed when you say these things. But um, he is just that, that's, that's how he scores a bucket load of his points. And even though he's, clearly a gifted offensive player and he and what he does is is, is um, historic it is also playing in an offense that is just basically just teeing it up around him and I've seen some people say oh well he's, he's taking the team on it on his shoulders uh, with the absence of Paul and Capella and whoever else but he's also pretty much given the team for the last couple of years anyway so I don't know I won't begrudge him winning the MVP again but I don't think he's the I, I think history will see that I guess, uh, and we can't say it until if the Rockets win a title this year or next year, and and if then it'll it'll frame it completely differently. But it, I think it'll still be the fact that Harden's play is certainly down to the way he gets away with a lot of things, whether it be fouls or his travels or just the way he handles the ball. And, and you you can say that's his talent in disguising things. I don't know, but <laughs> I yeah I, I have less respect for that. Then I do like Giannis. I have a complete respect for the fact he just plays basketball. So that's where it comes down to me. Yep. 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 Yeah, and he's, he's he plays it beautifully. It's fun to watch him play. Mm-hmm. I actually look at I just jotted up real quick. Uh, it did look like one of the sports books had Giannis is the the hands on favorite as of last Monday to win, which is surprising to me. So yeah, well, it'll be interesting. It'll be a close vote, I think. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean. Harden, I think, really rocketed to the front. <laughs> rocketed to the front. Um, with his uh, 30 game, or I can't remember how many games he had with 30 points um, or more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of those games were just, it was just magnificent basketball that the fact that he could keep scoring in that way, even though a lot of the points came from the line or, uh, you know, whatever it was. But he still was clearly scoring a lot from the field. Um, but yeah, I think his, his argument really took off when that streak streak started if he hadn't had that crazy streak i think Giannis would even be more of a front runner so i think there is certainly a case for Giannis, and i think it's a lot closer than some people some of the talking heads might say uh mm-hmm. but yeah no it'd be interesting you know paul george came into it with a little run but it's really it is just a two-headed two two-headed race as Giannis or uh harden and, I, and this is the other thing i don't think kevin durant deserves to be a one-time mvp in the same same era as as much as I know you've said you don't like him too much, but I think Kevin Durant's clearly 
all time, mm-hmm. a way better basketball player than James Harden and Durant. I think might end his career unless he goes to New York and changes everything <laughs> at the Knicks. He'll end his career as a one-time MVP, and I don't think he deserves to be in the same era as James Harden and have less MVP awards than him. Yeah, I yeah, I might not like him, but I completely agree with that. He's, yeah. you know, arguably the, the best player in the NBA now. That kind of maybe LeBron's lost a little step, or at least is in cruise control at this point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's one of those weird things that you know. Kevin Durant will go down with one and, and Steve Nash has two and it's not to say Steve Nash isn't great, but it's just that weird that's we that's crazy to yeah. think about. So um Yeah, I mean I have I do think he'll go somewhere. I think he'll get another though, because he'll go wherever it may be, whether it's you know, New York kind of seems like the, the likely spot or uh you know, Wizards or whatever it might end up being. And I think he'll take them and even if he doesn't win a championship, he'll do this one of those regular season, you know, the 50 wins out of nowhere and on his back. And I think he'll, he'll yeah. get his 28 his points second. a game or something like that. And just, yeah, exactly. He'll get another yeah. one. Yeah. But yeah, at the current moment, you know, and yeah, like I said, won't begrudge Harden winning it, but I just, I, I would much prefer Giannis. I think he's going to be one of the, probably the next, next great NBA player for the next five, six years, uh-huh. um, seven years, whatever it be. Um, this won't be his only one if he wins it, but he, I think he certainly deserves to win it this year. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that about wraps it up because I've got a, I got, I got errands to run now. Uh, I'm sure, it's pretty late there. I don't know what time it is there. Yeah, uh, ten fifteen. Ten so, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. solid. About, three. about time. What's yeah, three forty two in the future for you. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, good to get back on and chat some basketball and some some footy in the last pod and. Yeah, we'll be back to it a lot more regularly. I've got the, I've got about to post the website back up in a couple of days. Um, it'll be very limited for at first because I'm just going to have the podcast page and whatever. But yeah, we'll start, mm-hmm. we'll start throwing up some things like writing about our footy travels and all that kind of thing. Just a little bit more, make it a little bit more personal about sports and and then our thoughts and whatever. But yeah, looking forward to it. And yeah, yeah, look forward pod, to it. Obviously, the pod's back up and running, so we're all good. So, yeah, till next time. Cheers, Vince. Cheers, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Stay sports, Gasmic.